are now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast, presented by CouchGuysSports.com. Here are your hosts, Al. You didn't ask him about I that long? I was getting there, Beetle. Now, what the holy fuck kind of host are you? I mean, you're Beetle, burying the lead. shit, dude. Someone Chris is- trip, please. Powder. Yes, sir. And Maddie D. Uh, and on top of that, now you have a triple effect. You have... The Niners looking for a long-term answer with Jimmy G in-house. Maybe they don't want to spend the money on Jimmy G. Maybe he gets freed up because they go after a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who now theoretically could be freed up. So there's a lot of dominoes to fall. Enjoy the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back in Legends Lingo Podcast, episode 158. As always, presented by our good friends, at couchguysports.com. Make sure to check out everything on couchguysports.com from the daily blogs to all the podcasts that we offer to the Twitch channel, to the YouTube channel, to the store, and everything else in between. I am your host, Al Nahigian. Tom Powder Cadmus is in the building. We're here. We got a fully loaded crew that we will introduce in a second. But first, I want to talk to my good friend, Powder. Powder, how the heck are you, sir? I'm doing great. Just another week. Um, big week with kind of big week with Boston sports with Poppy last week. I know we talked about a little bit in the Hall of Fame, but then something else big happened this past weekend into yesterday that I can't wait to talk about. And that big thing is going to take up the majority of our show. I mean, everybody's talking about it. We know that we knew we were going to talk about it and we wanted to get some fresh perspectives on this particular podcast. So we got a little bit of different dynamics all the way across the board. So I'll introduce everybody. The first one, the VP of operations, the man that knows about soccer, the man that knows about wrestling and the man that knows somewhat about Boston sports as well. He's a man of many (laughs) talents. It is Diego Galvis, Diego, the DJ Diego. Great to have you back on with us again. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on Uh, Potter and Al. It's been a while since I've seen you guys in, uh, in here um great to be on here and great to see uh i i guess i can say it's great to see these couple faces (laughs) yeah there's a couple other faces in here that if you're watching this on youtube you know there are some faces on here that are just you know very very uh what's the word that i put in here how do i put this nicely fbm most wanted there you go perfect john John walsh (laughs) john walsh category right there already cracked one look at that yeah we already got one down and since he decided to turn off his screen for a second, we're going to put him on blast. The second, I guess, I don't know, even know what to call him. Like the second stooge that we have on tonight, host of the Bernie and Chris podcast. He is also our social media manager and blogger. He is Maddie Burnett. It's Maddie B. Maddie, also a pleasure to have you back on the podcast. I guess it's, uh, it's nice to uh, see uh, Diego here. Uh, Liam, you're pretty cool. Uh, Al, you're all right, but hello to you, Powder. Hello. I, I understand that. That's that's a very common thing for me and Powder. Guests usually are like, hey, Powder, you're cool. Al, screw off. Pretty much. It's usually how it works. Yeah. And finally, the last member tonight that is coming on with us. He is one half of the ever controversial yet ever loving Tuck Rule Takes podcast on the Couch Guy Sports Network, our Patriots Network podcast. It is Liam McDade, who is also a co-host of our Celtics podcast, the Raptors podcast. Liam, you're rocking the Celtic green. You also rock the Patriots. I think this is like your third or fourth time on the pod. I'm not sure, but how are you? 
Uh, I think it's my second, but I don't know. I was never good at math. I'm living the dream, though. It's great to be with all you guys. Powder, it's been almost forever. Mm -hmm. And I must say, you look like quite the strapping young lad, Matty B, without the beard. It's almost, I didn't recognize you for a second. I had to do a 12 take when I pulled up on air. <laughs> Damn, no no words for and that was out. just And that was just on one side. Imagine having to do a 12 take on the other side. Yikes. We've been around for <laughs> 24 hours. You never know what can happen. Exactly. So it's going to be that type of podcast. It's going to be, you know, we've done this before. We've had multiple Couch Guy Sports personalities on here. And obviously there was a big event that went on in the NFL. There's some legal matters going on in the NFL that I also want to talk about. And we have a little bit of NBA trade deadline that we also are glad that we have Liam in, especially for as our NBA resident. But before we get into all that, guys, and gals that are listening to this podcast because it is National Women in Sports. Is it National Women in Sports Day or Week? I just, I always day, forget. It's it. definitely day. Day. Yeah, day. it's day. Okay. It's the day. Just news to me. I had no okay. idea. So happy National Women in Sports Day. We are appreciative at Couch Guy Sports for all of our Couch Guy Sports contributors, whether they're bloggers or podcasters, past and present. We appreciate all the work that you have done for us. And there is a place in sports for you. And there will continue to be. And you're not going away. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. At Couch Guy Sports. But gentlemen, we all could use a little energy. It's about 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we're recording on Wednesday night. And what better way to get that energy with our friends over at Shocked Energy? Have you ever felt unable to focus? You're tired or you're just low on energy? We understand that feeling. We understand it so well. The Legends Lingo podcast is obviously brought to you by the Couch Guy Sports Network. But it's also sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a drink made by gamers for gamers, and it can be made by podcasters for podcasters. You never know who's going to be making this stuff. All their flavors come packed with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game. Their formulas are designed to specifically give you high energy boosts when you need it the most while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head on over to shockedenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN all capitalized today for 10% off your order. Check out their green apple flavor as well as their watermelon flavor. I'm a big watermelon guy. And don't worry, they ship worldwide. That's right, worldwide. Get your shocked energy today and let us help you gain your focus and energy back today. And wow, this is an actual surprise. I can't believe this happened, but we finally have been, we've been trying to get this guy on with us forever. And I, I'm not going to lie. Shot him a DM, said, hey, we're recording at eight. Let's see what happens. But he's on with us. I can't believe he's on with us. And I'm frozen. I love that. Just kidding. Ah, just it in is time. Nick Fitzy Stevens. What's up, Legends Lingo Podcast? It sounds like uh, I'm finally hanging out with uh, the like the the game show crew that I've always wanted to like <laughs> pod with. Like I I legitimately thought you guys were like a board game podcast or something when you first reached out to me. I was like, Legends Lingo. Board that game sounds podcast. like something that exists. That, that, that sounds like something like my dad watches on Game Show Network all day long. But instead, <laughs> it's just me and five dudes I've never seen before talking pats. I love it. What's up, guys? Not much. I mean, listen, you, you've talked to four guys before. I think you know them very well. The uh, the SSBT guys, formerly of the Couch Guy Sports Network, now doing their own thing. Shout out to those guys. So, yeah, I, I, I understand you've had to deal with them. They're great guys. We do like those guys a lot. But, yeah, there's usually three of us, but we decided to add some other people. So you got your money cut out for you. Fitz. Oh, Sorry, man. Pal. 
I did, man. I, I love completing a six pack. This is what's going on. We got Thomas, we got Liam, we got Maddie B, Diego, Allen, and your old pal Fitzy. I love it. What did it's, I miss so far, guys? Uh, just the intro and an ad read. If you've ever heard of Shocked Energy, you can go to shockedenergy.com, 10% off with code CGSN to get some energy. So that's all you missed. Oh, man, I got plenty of energy these days. I am plugged right into the heart of Patriots Nation during the most wild of times. There's never been more to talk about than there has now. And we got our asses kicked and knocked out of the playoffs two and a half weeks ago. And you would think we're in the thick of the wildest season any of us can ever remember. How's everyone holding up right now, by the way? Oh, we're fine. It is. It is what it is. I mean, it is what it is. Our, our, so our network, we have a Buffalo Bills fan. He didn't rub it in surprisingly, oh! which, which was great. <laughs> hey, y'all. See, see, Liam knows what's up. But yeah, um, it was one day. There was a lot of tears. Um, I decided that I didn't want to go to work the next day. But other than that, like, I think we were okay. You know, typical. Sure. That's the way that's the way it goes. It's all good. You know, I, I know these are emotional times. People have people have processed uh, people have processed like the 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 legend, uh, the man, the myth himself, the goat uh, bidding adieu to the game that he changed forever and going gently into that pliable night, you know, in different ways, people have had their emotional releases. People have just been randomly spitting into 16 ounce water bottles because they're dipping during a podcast. You know, people do a lot of <laughs> people do a lot of different guilty things. It's okay. Guilty, guilty as charged, my friend. Hey, listen, <laughs> you know, that's how, that's how we roll. We all handle things differently. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that like, you know, this wasn't like, uh, you know, a suicide hotline or that it wasn't like such like a deep emotional therapy session tonight. Like, you know, we're all grown or pretend to be semi-grown adults at this point. And, you know, uh, it sucks. It's weird. It got it got a little more awkward yesterday when uh, uh, a certain, you know, several million strong of uh, lifelong, loyal, dedicated fans were uh, incidentally, if we will, omitted from a uh, nine frame tribute tweet. But at the same time, um, hey, listen, he's forever a patriot and we're forever fans. Right. Why? Why? Absolutely. Why make Colorado Rocky Mountains out of a molehill? Right. <laughs> there you go. You, you know the deal. And you put a Red Sox reference in there, being the Rockies in the World Series. I love that. But Fitzy, I actually do have one quick question for you. So it's kind of like an interview question. So I heard of you from the Patriots videos, like all those Patriot hype videos. Yeah. I think, that, I think there was the one with, I think Jerry Thornton was in it. And it was like, I am with the Patriots and the Patriots are with me or something like that. Like I'm paraphrasing here. But oft, oft we will we will find ways to weave references to uh, all of our favorite movies, usually everything 80s, because we're all overgrown fan children at this point. Um, there's a lot of Star Wars in it. Uh, not going to lie. There's a double IPA in the latest episode of the Book of Boba Fett waiting for me on the other side of this. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> life can't be that life. Can't be, life can't be that bad. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I guess my question to you is, how did you kind of get into the um, content creation game, so to speak? Because now you're doing a lot of different things, right? Like I've seen you on NBC Sports Boston, you've yep. done some work with WEEI. So how did you kind of get those connections? What was kind of your big break into the content creation game? Uh, the big break into the content creation game was having uh, having like a, back when I used to do stand up and improv comedy in the city more often. Um, the, the trick for me was kind of finding my voice and sticking with it. You know, I, um, the whole entire POV of like the obsessive Boston sports fan 
who has a loud foul mouth take on absolutely everything. This is just right out. I mean, this is ages ago. This is way before Diego was even an itch in his parents' pants. I'm talking like, you know, two decades ago. Come on. You're a young little whippersnapper there, you son of a bitch. Uh, so <laughs> I'm so young. Uh, this was, you know, you got, and also you got the little so on point. I feel touched. Thanks. Uh, you're, no, you're awesome, dude. Uh, and listen, I think it's also <laughs> great that, uh, Tom, you know, Thomas joined us tonight. It's so nice that you guys have a, a, a mute here with us tonight. Someone who he, he just smiles along with the rest of us. I'm kidding, guy. Come on. It's come on. Listen, you know, that's how that's how we do in Boston. I'm from oh, the yeah. South Shore. But only once somebody busts your balls, that means that they actually love you, appreciate you. Yes, or want to that's hang out. fair. No, that's very yes. fair. Very yeah, fair. we'll get to Matt. We'll get to Maddie B later in the program. He's definitely got to wipe down his laptop cam. So, um, the whole thing for me was like the POV of, oh, so wait, when Diego laughed to his ears light up red, this is great. You look, <laughs> I like it. I like the headphones make you look like that guy Lobot from Cloud City and Empire Strikes Back. See, it all, all roads lead back to Star Wars, my guy. Comes full so, circle. I was, I was trying to bring a Latino, uh, Latino flair of fucking Yoda, but it, it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And then Maddie just shut off his camera. Now, oh, it's Maddie with three T's. Um, so, uh, the thing for me was like, you know, people said to me like, Hey, uh, you know, find your voice, pick your character, whatever. And like, I thought the idea of just always being kind of like a, a loud mouth, foul tongued, uh, heavily opinionated mass hall, Boston sports guy was kind of a fun way to uh, first approach doing stand up. And this was right after Affleck and Damon and everything Boston kind of took off and I kept at it on stage. And then when, uh, YouTube took off like 15 years ago when Google bought him, a friend of mine said, Hey, you know, why don't you let's start a YouTube channel, but just like, let's just have you talk about like movies and sports and, and current events and stuff. And it just sort of like, uh, it just kind of like took off the more I talked Tom Brady, the more I talked Patriots and plugged into when the Patriots were surging again after the first three Super Bowl run, uh, kind of like in that, that middle section, the, the vast never meet of the, double dynastic run between yeah. Super yeah. Bowl 39 and Super Bowl 49. Um, right. The videos took off and suddenly Fitzy, if you will, became, hey, I know that asshole. Or like, I grew up with one of those guys or like my dad hangs out with a loser like that or like, oh man, I hate that guy, but he's fun to listen to. Or like, I love that guy, but what an asshole. So like, there's a related, there's a toxic relatability to it. And uh, it just kind of became a thing. And then I, the way that I've sort of kept myself interested and I and I feel like been able to sort of continue to chug along and create opportunities for myself um, and continue to entertain uh, the mass holes while infuriating the masses outside of New England or past Patriots Nation. Although there is nothing more flattering than when someone says like, man, I hate the friggin Patriots, but I like your videos, guy. Now go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> so um, I like we've tried to evolve with the content as well. So it used to just be kind of like long form YouTube videos. And then we kind of changed and we did after I kind of got a little bored with those we did and they kind of naturally played themselves out. We did the shit Pat's fan say video series shortly yeah, after. Like, that's what it was the, called. I couldn't the shit, think of Yeah. It. And we've cut them kind of like put a wrap on those now because we've done them for a while. Those were based off of the, the video memes of like shit New Yorkers say or shit white girls say or whatever. Right. Um, yep. And then as Instagram became more popular in hell, now even TikTok, we've been finding ways to explore using that, just creating five second videos for a quick laugh, uh, 30 second long videos. We do uh, we launched the NFL fan therapy series a couple of years ago. Um, and we do a whole bunch of different things and we've expanded our network and found really funny 
actors, comedians, writers, improvisers uh, that we work with. So like, well, uh, you'll never confuse what I do with a traditional mainstream media branch where uh, we are not even a, a, a grain of sand in the sneaker or the sandal of a barstool sport. But we have fun doing it. And at the same time, like all that matters. The, the, the while. Yeah, we have fun doing it, you know, and the people that watch it, give you know, enjoy it as well. And at the end of the day, did we make your game viewing experience, whether your team won or lost and uh, more enjoyable? Or do we give you a laugh after a tough loss? Did we, you know, get you more hype after a big win or for a big game? That's all that really matters in hell. You know, if I could go back and talk to the knucklehead, the fat little kid that grew up in Braintree, Mass, and say, like, you know, one day you're going to get a chance to be on TV, be on the radio station you listened to growing up. Uh, you're going to host a Super Bowl rally in your favorite team stadium, and then you're going to ride in the duck boat parade a week and a half later. I would have been like, shut your mouth. And where's my Cavell cake? You know, like there's no way I would have ever thought that possible. But you find your voice, you keep working. And then when you think you've done enough, you do a little more work and maybe some things some things will work out for you. So now hearing said, all this, I, I'd probably have you to blame. I went to, I'm from Hingham actually, so I spit down the road from you. And I went to a small private school outside of Boston. And most of the people that went to my school were like Connecticut people, New York people. We got uh, a couple of Rhode Island sprinkled in there. Yeah, they're all Cretans. But they come into school and they were talking about, oh, we have this kind of like preordained notion of what Pats fans are like from YouTube and whatnot. And I had seen the shit Pats fans say of yours uh early on but i never really thought that that stuck with other people outside of boston they came in and immediately they were like yeah like the stereotype fits like me and my friends were all extremely arrogant the pats game would be on we're louder than anyone else mm -hmm. arrogant you know juan bentley is the best middle linebacker you have no one like him they're like what are you talking about but it, it's so funny just to see this guy is so the, slow the, to the hole <laughs> the stereotype of what Pats fans are compared to most other people because we were talking about the Bills fan. He was trying to be humble and whatnot, and all the Pats fans are just, yeah, we're happy you lose. Fuck the Bills, you know, all that good jazz. So it's just oh, it's yeah. so funny. The stereotype fits. And, and it does, and it's because, like, well, for two reasons, too. Like, one, this is just the very nature of where we grow up. And, yeah. you know, like, you know, Bostonians, New Englanders, mass holes, especially, like, there's an entitlement. There's like a there's a, a pride. There's a loyalty. There's a stubbornness. There's a defiance. There's a I'm better than you, but you better not be big time in me whenever we actually all know that you go off and become better than us. Uh, all themes and variations we've seen in movies, popular culture, and that we know from our friends and family growing up in the area. And then you add to that the fact that the greatest marriage in sports history, the the greatest power couple of all time, Belichick and Brady, forged basically this unholy alliance that empowered all of us to be like, uh, listen, not on this day, guy, like, I know I'm better than you because at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm ticketed to at least the divisional round, probably the AFC championship and every other year, you know, we're going to the Super Bowl. So like, you can't say shit to me because if nothing else, like we live through the Patriots, like we literally live through them. Like they yeah. made everything in our lives that much better for that long. Like, and when people say like, Ooh, like, you guys like live through this football team. Like they kind of define you like, yeah. And you know what? Uh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Not just, yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. And uh, also I, I regret absolutely none of it. I'm taking not a word or a moment of it back because we all respect greatness. We all know it's not going to last forever though. We thought it did. I mean, hell we're still even shocked that Brady may go out on top of his game, an MVP candidate, unless uh, you know, his sponge frown uh, beard pants up there in green Bay wins it this year. Right. Uh, like 
the guy taught us to never give up. Anything is possible. Uh, and that, you know, you should expecting anything less than greatness would be uncivilized. And it comes from because no one else will ever have a dynasty like this. No one else will ever win for a longer period like this. So no matter what anyone says, especially during the time period where it was happening, it's like, yeah, well, you can't compete. Your teams can't compete. No other sport that you follow. You've like hockey. No team in there can compete. No one has really had the success of the Patriots. Yeah. Look what the Yankees, the Yankees like winning every World Series under the sun happened like. 80 and 90 years ago and 60 and 70 years ago with the, you know, first with Babe and Lou Gehrig. And then obviously with Mickey Mantle and DiMaggio and like, they became great again, but like, look, look what they did, what they won four world series at the Mm -hmm. turn of the century. And it's a lot easier Mm -hmm. in baseball. Uh, Football was specifically designed or the way that the game has been altered and tinkered with over the last 20 years. You're not supposed to be able to do what the Patriots did. And it's only because of the brilliant scheming and roster building and the the value of a strong middle class and Bill Belichick's coaching and and overcoming uh, philosophy, overcoming yeah, overcoming uh, the ginger douche himself all those years and every every (laughs) scandal and bullshit that they tried to pull off in the past. And it's Tom Brady's want and will to win, uh, being virtually invincible, being an absolute friggin' football terminator, and willing to sacrifice a little bit of himself for the greater good of the team. And I think, sadly, that's kind of what led to him being mad that he didn't get the farewell, you know, Drew Brees victory lap contract that he deserved at the end. And that may or may not have led into him kind of like thanking everyone else under the sun, you know, uh, except for like initially the Patriots in the farewell and stuff, just because uh, I heard someone today, Tom Curran from NBC Sports Boston say on the radio, like, sadly, the Patriot fan may have been a little bit of collateral damage in the um you know i'm gonna go somewhere else and show you what i can do and yeah. uh you know you you guys will see that i was the best decision your organization ever made and letting me go was the worst one that you guys ever made and so so and if thing led to those franken jersey if i ever see one more person in a half tampa half oh, new england jersey atrocious. i swear to god i'm gonna give them a nick folk right through the hairy uprights yeah all right so let's, let's, just, let's just jump <laughs> into it so the big thing, Fitzy obviously said it, and we've all been alluding to it. Tom Brady officially announcing his retirement. It was, I think it was a few days ago, like Adam Schefter, Jeff Darlington, and a bunch of other people came out and said Brady was retired. Brady was like, no, I'm going to be the one that does it because it's on my terms. I'm the greatest of all time, so I'm the one that's going to be doing it. Forget all of you. So now he finally comes out on Instagram, sends out a big post. Thanks, Tampa Bay. And this is, this is one thing I got to say. You know, for the for the Patriots diehards, and I know Fitzy, you're a Patriots diehard. We're all Patriots diehards here. Yep. Like we are. That's what we are. And as we can see in the room with Fitzy, you know, he's got his Patriots, which old school Patriots sweatshirt. Love that. Tom Brady, right? He thanked the Buccaneers. He had two years there. He wanted to be classy. Like that, that's that's who Brady is. He's a class act and he's gonna thank the Bucs for giving him a chance. Like for all you people that are upset about it, like I understand it, but like he's gonna have his day in the sun. When it comes to being back in New England, he's going to have his ceremony. His jersey's going to get retired. He's going to come back. I still think he's going to sign the one-day contract to retire a Patriot. It would be absurd not to. There would be probably World War Four if that did if that didn't happen. So, you know, let, let's pump the brakes on this a little bit. Like let's let's appreciate what Brady did. Like he brought us six Super Bowls. You take a look at the stats, right? Seven-time Super Bowl champion, fifteen-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, three-time MVP. Like this guy, he's the best to ever do it. And there's no questions about it. So I just want overall kind of thoughts on Brady's retirement 
and just overall thoughts on what Brady meant to you personally. We'll kind of go round table. Let's start with Powder, and then we'll kind of go around. So, Powder, why don't you kick us off with thoughts on the great one, number 12? Yeah, um, obviously, like everybody here, grew up watching him from a young age. Like Obviously, once I started watching football, was right around when the Patriots started winning Super Bowls under Tom Brady, and then you had that little lull um, that was talked about uh, that they didn't win, but you still were in it. They were still always a winner. And then once I was in high school and college, they won a couple super, couple more Super Bowls, and it just it was cool to see your whole life like a team just dominate a sport like they did, and it just showed you how lucky of a fan you were uh, when the when he left the last two years. How good the Patriots really were for those years. And even like I saw, I forget who tweeted, but like, look at the chiefs. They were supposed dynasty, but they won one Super Bowl, lost in what two or three AFC championship game or two AFC championship games and one Super Bowl. They're not yep. a dynasty. Like the Patriots were like yep. the Patriots are winning Super Bowls while every other team was losing or not even close. So yeah, take That's that still one early though Matthews. for the chiefs too. I think the chiefs will be in cap hell in like three, to five years or so, and then we'll figure that out. But they very well could win another couple Super Bowls the next couple of years. Still won't compete with the Patriots, though. No, no shot. I want to hear from Matty B. We haven't heard from him a lot tonight. We love hearing his takes. We love seeing his tweets out on Twitter. But Matty, just give it to us. I, mean, I grew up, obviously, watching football, watching Brady. I met, the, I met Brady, so not a lot of people can say that around here. I can pull oh. the picture up if you want me to. Uh, I took with him. Um, I interviewed the guy like 15 times on the radio and uh, met his parents, met his sisters, met the whole family, yet somehow still never had the pleasure of being in his presence and shaking his giant, <laughs> gorgeous, supple hand. He eludes you. His hands he are is. giant. I can confirm. Uh, he crushed my shoulder in the picture that we were taking. He grabbed a little too hard, but. <laughs> That's what one of my it. one of my friends volunteered at this event 16 years ago in New York City, and he knew his wife was working for this charitable foundation, and he knew specifically that Brady was going to be there. This was like in 2005, and he brought his Pat's hat with him to have Brady autograph. I look at him. I see my God. Oh, look at you. You're a, you're totes adorbs and your Brady thing, and he's got his best buddies challenge. See, he looks like a like a like he's in his mid 20s. What was that like 15 years ago? I do like such a douche in that picture. I love it. <laughs> I oh was in look, look, at, look at those shoulders. Like I, I too would crush those shoulders. Look at you. You got Cheryl Sharp yeah, and the, a Roach Brothers shoulders. <laughs> Jesus. Hey Cheryl. Oh, God, nice to meet him. you in aisle seven. Would you like a gallon of water, you bitch? <laughs> I was yeah. in seventh grade, so that was in twenty twelve oh weeks ago. actually 13 weeks ago get it right but uh yeah my buddy said he was literally like when he met him he's like two things he was like he was so handsome and like he's so striking that he like started sweating and he's like he's like not gonna be honest he's like i thought i was maybe gonna piss myself a little bit because i was so nervous (laughs) and then you just notice like you're like oh my god these professional athletes they're just so huge. Like his yeah. hands, like the hand, the fingers come halfway up your arm and you're like, oh, what is that? Like, oh, that's just I the hand that delivers joy every big. Sunday. I was not expecting him to be like as like big as he was when I'm, I'm grand. I was seventh grade. I wasn't as tall as I am now, but. Yeah, like, Tom wow. Brady's interactions with fans must be hysterical from his point of view where it's all. Oh, they're so awesome. They're, they're, so they're, they're just so like, awkward. Tom, uh, football, fun. Handsome, and he's like, he's just like looking at these people, like, "Hi, nice to meet you." Like, I'm Tom. Yep, 
Sundays, he whatnot. said, hi, I'm Tom. Thanks for coming. Let's take a picture. We took a picture. Yeah. He said, thanks. Have a great day. And I could tell he was so uncomfortable the entire time. But, of course, because yeah. you were probably sweating <laughs> profusely and crying, and I'd be uncomfortable too. Yeah, right, you, like you give off people. that little pheromone that creatures do when there's fear, <laughs> yeah. like almost it's like a skunk-like scent, where it's just like, oh god, this is just foul and feeded. All right, look, come on, let's just get this over with. Uh, but it's but it's exciting. Like, when do you ever like? They always say, be careful about meeting your idols, right? Like, you got to meet you got to meet yours, and like it was a positive experience, and now you get to look back at that and be like, man, I was like an I was like mid pubes and like I get to meet I, like I was mid, mid pubes. This is pre pubes. He's still in that pubes. I was mid puberty and like I got to meet my idol. Like that's the coolest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. I probably had a voice crack or something when I said hi to him, but uh, knowing my knowing my luck. But um, that's really my favorite moments of him. Obviously, that's going to be my favorite moment meeting him. And then I'm in. This is this is such a cop out answer, but I don't care. Super Bowl Fifty One that comeback. Might be yeah. probably my overall favorite moment in the NFL, just that championship specifically, just because everyone doubted him. I was at a Super Bowl party. Everyone was like, all right, Pats lose. This sucks. I was the only one who was saying to everybody, yeah, no, we're still going to – they're going to pull this out somehow. They are. And I was right. And then I uh, crushed a 30-rack with my friend that night just to celebrate that we won. So it was a great night. Good job. Good job. Stereotypical Pats fan. Good job. Stereotypical Pat. I, hey, I, I was in, I was in college. Leave me alone. <laughs> I I I don't even remember how many uh, Miller lights and Bud lights because I knew like for Super Bowl is not the night for a guy like me who like advertises over mm-hmm. the social medias that I like uh, craft beers and the IPAs and I support the local, especially the New England brewing industry because it's such a great spot. Uh, it's such a great biz and I love the work and. Um, you know, like the Super Bowls and like playoff games are the time to switch it back to like get your favorite like Gansett, Bud Light, Coors Light. Like, cause it's long. Like those are you need marathon beers. You don't need sprint beers. Yeah. Right. Um. Yep. Holy shit, man! So, Super Bowl Fifty One will never be the incorrect answer. Pardon my double mm-hmm. negative to any memory of like favorite moment, favorite pass, favorite play, favorite game, favorite Super Bowl, favorite championship, favorite anything, except unless, of course, you happen to be an Atlanta Falcons fan. Like, it's just, it's, yeah. it is always the correct answer. Always. We, unfortunately, we have a few of those people in there. I'm just surprised you remember what type of beer you had for that. I'm just surprised you, I'm surprised I had you a lot. Anything. It was my, it was my buddy who was my, one of my assistant cameraman had just come off like a 30 day, one of, like a dry January. And so it was this first night back drinking in a long time. And I remember oh, he just got like hammered super fast and he was a giants fan, no less. And we were down in Houston and he was just going up and he like knew how into the game I was. Then he started getting into it. And I just remember him coming back with like two buckets, just raised every time. Like, here you go, lad. He wasn't Scottish, but like, well, we're going to do this. Like, come on, this is going to happen. And like, the more anxious you are, the more excited you are. Like the more you just keep like nervous drinking, because otherwise I would have eaten my fingernails down to my knuckles. Uh, holy shit. I, I watched in Houston at the Houston Patriots fan club bar with like 500 different Pats fans. I couldn't get tickets to the game, but I was down there working and, um, just truly like one of the nights of my life, just like just okay. watching that game in and amongst a sea of strangers, hugging random people, you know, crying on the shoulders of men. I'll never cross paths with again, just friggin' the absolute best. <laughs> and I'm not afraid to admit it. Cry it doesn't sound like a baby. it doesn't sound to me like you were yeah. drinking butt lights. It sounds to me like you were drinking rolling rocks. How about I, I'll bring some rolling rocks over your mom's house later on tonight. Watch your mouth. Oh, <laughs> oh she, would love, she would love that. I won't take any rocks later. Hey, wait, either. by I the way, the what's rock. wrong with rolling rocks? What's wrong Absolutely with a good, nothing. Not, a good absolutely. rolling rock every now and again? 
absolutely nothing. It makes grown man cry like you. The old um, I, and, and and if you hey, really at least I wasn't drinking, mom, wasn't. If having, you really want to meet my mom, I suggest you step up the game and bring on the natty ice. <laughs> you know, step it up, man. Come on, don't be I'll, the cheap version of some brain natty ice. Asshole. I'll bring some Come pink on. champagne on ice. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> at least, at least I wasn't drinking tail, you know, like preseason football in a can. I can't do hard seltzers. I hope nobody oh. here is like a white claw guy or like, <laughs> you know, good. Hey bro, white claws, no laws. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't. I drink real beer. Get lost. <laughs> that would be Liam for you. Liam, son hey, of a bitch. If there's an alcoholic <laughs> beverage in front of me, I'm going to drink it. I don't care if there's motor oil and vodka that's going down the hatch. Awesome. So, so I'm, I'm not picky. Let's put some crystal light in a thing of polar seltzer and then pour some rubbing alcohol or some fingernail polish remover in it. Yay. Fire it <laughs> really? up. Give me, a, give me a tall glass of cyanide with it. I don't care as long as I get something to watch. All right, Diego, uh, Diego, you're 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 good with firing the shot. So why don't you enlighten us with your Tom Brady memories and your reaction sure. to your retirement? I mean, I, I, I've been a New England Patriots fan since, you know, growing up back in Columbia. Um, I immigrated here when I was 13 and even back then I, I was a, a big fan of the New England Patriots. Um, I think my there's two big memories of mine that were absolutely, I think, would always go down in history for for Patriots fans. And number one was the first game that Tom Brady stepped in and and took over the Patriots after Drew Bledsoe took that disgusting hit from Mal Lewis. Um, yep. And the secondary part to that would be um, much like Matt, you know, the Super Bowl Fifty One comeback. Um, I was surrounded with a bunch of bunch of friends, a few randoms that you know happened just me that night, and uh, everyone was like, "It's over. We're 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 fucked, Maddie. Maddie Ryan really screwed us over here." You know, asshole goes to Boston College. I think he, you know, all of a sudden he, you know, he ate Chipotle and now he's he's pooping gold. Um, when it's not the same guacamole anymore, I'm like, "Yeah, you guys, you know, chill out. You can't even afford the two dollar guacamole. Shut the fuck up." And um, you know, and, and, and everyone was like counting us out. I'm like, you got to believe, you got to believe. And there was at one point where um, Edelman, after he made that incredible catch during that game, and he said those same exact words, you got to believe. And I was like, all right, this is like real weird. This is like, like a deja vu kind of moment. And uh, just seeing that whole entire comeback in between, everyone was like, why didn't you ever like lose hope? I'm like, because you never do. You never leave Tom Brady with 30 seconds to spare left on the clock in the fourth quarter and allow him to have the ball. You just, you just never do. That's, that's as mistakeable as anything else. And, um, you know, that, just seeing that whole entire comeback was phenomenal. Um, I think up to, up to this date, I think that the dude really inspired so many generations, not, not just the current day generations, but also generations to come as they learn his history. And uh, the fact that he was one of the very last people to be drafted in the year that he was drafted and um, you know, those words that he said to Bob Kraft and the new England organization saying, you know, I am the best choice you've made and I'm going to prove it to you. Um, it, it reminds many people who have been told before that, you know, just because people say they can't, doesn't mean that um, you can't prove people wrong. Um, as corny as that sounds and as, you know, textbook cheesy as that sounds, it, it's so true up to this day um a lot of a lot a lot a lot of athletes have been told you know you you, you will never be 
up to the level of, you know, the expectations that you have in your mind and all that stuff. I mean, just look at, for example, our, our new quarterback now, Mac Jones, he was always told, you know, oh, you'll be the backup. Oh, you know, you're, you're really kind of short for your position. You're, you're not going to succeed much. Oh, you don't really have the body to like be a quarterback and to throw all your arm is too underdeveloped. To improve everybody wrong this year, you know, every, everybody who were, who were up in shambles when he was drafted and all that stuff, they were like, oh, we're so screwed. We got fucked. We, we didn't have Justin Fields to take over or, you know, some of the other uh, people that they were hoping for. Brady just, just, just proves that testament that no matter who you pick, as long as you have faith in them and you allow them to be able to get into that comfort zone to be able to really show what they got. That's all you gotta do. You gotta believe in people, and you gotta um, you gotta you gotta have faith as well in them. And um, I think for for Tom Brady, his retirement, I don't care that he didn't mention New England in there. I'm actually kind of glad because, um, to be frankly honest, it any time that you ask anybody about Tom Brady, the immediate picture that comes to mind is he's a New England Patriot. He's not going to be remembered as a buck. He's not going to be remembered as the guy who left Bill Belichick with two years or three years left to go. He's going to be remembered as the guy, as that guy who won six Super Bowls and was the most unformidable opponent you ever had to deal with, and that you knew that you were always going to lose against. That's that, that's who he's going to be reminded as. It's not oh Bruce Arians, Bruce guy. You got to you know you got to do a Super Bowl in Tampa. Like now, nah, move on, grow up. Right. And it's kind of it's kind of funny you say that, Diego. And then Fitzy, I do want to hear your piece, but I just want to kind of throw this in really quick. You think about it, right? Joe Montana, he was a San Francisco 49er through and through until he went to the Chiefs for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Nobody remembers the years when Montana was with the Chiefs. They remember the years when he was winning Super Bowls with Bill Walsh, Jerry Rice, and the 49ers. Like Brady's going to be the same thing. It's going to be Brady, Bill, Robert Kraft winning six Super Bowls. The Tampa fans, like they can enjoy their 2020 season. COVID year and everything else and winning the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. But Brady's a Patriot through and through. And one memory that I'm sure nobody here, like, not that we don't remember it, but it gets forgotten about, the Carolina Super Bowl, his second Super Bowl win. Yeah. Because I think with that Carolina Super Bowl, that second one said, this kid has arrived. This kid is here. This kid is legit. He's not just won one Super Bowl <clears throat> like a Brett Favre or an Aaron Rodgers or a Drew Brees. He's legit. He's won a couple now. And then obviously he wins another one the next year against Philadelphia, makes it three out of four. And then it's like, oh, wow. If, if he just, if he never won a Super Bowl again, he still would be regarded as a great quarterback in this league for winning three and four years. So there's no doubt about it. So that, that, that Panthers little... team was nasty too. I couldn't believe oh, it. I was, Jake I was Lone, like, I don't know if Steve they can win Smith. this one. Yeah. Moose and Muhammad the... killed them too. Who was the running back? Sean Foster. I think uh, on that Sean team, right? Foster was the backup. They had Stephen Davis. Stephen Davis, yeah. big bruising okay. yeah. running back. He was a monster. Yeah, and they had that nasty defensive line with Julius Peppers yeah. and uh, Rucker, Chris and Jenkins, Chris Jenkins. Yeah, like they were yeah. they were nasty. A- everyone was sick. Their safety, Mike Minter, was a baller. Dan mm-hmm. Morgan went to the U. It was Moosh Muhammad and Steve Smith, and they yeah. had Ricky mm-hmm. Prohl, who of course was on the Rams team two years prior. Yeah, only guy to score the last touchdown of two Super Bowls and uh, come out on the other side of the L in both of them too. So Moosh and Muhammad scored two. Two touchdowns, both in losing uh, Super Bowls for him, too. So yeah, neither one had good luck. Brutal. Absolutely so, brutal. It was. So I'd be so pissed. So real quick, Liam, I know you said you got to skirt out in a sec. So why don't you give us your memory and then you can throw in all your socials and then we'll go from there. 
Yeah, so I did not know that I had a basketball game. Apparently, everyone's blowing me up, so I get a bounce. But my Tom Brady memory, it's it's not really that grand because we didn't win the Super Bowl that year, which sounds very conceited saying that, like, oh, we didn't win it all that year. So this yeah. isn't. Oh, oh poor us. Like, yeah. with the yeah, best first a, world football problems. I know. Oh, you yeah. only went to the <sighs> AFC Championship year, game that year. Like, my play, the Detroit Lions haven't won a fucking playoff game in 30 year, 31 years. Come on. Exactly. Yeah. Like, Ravens fans, like, really do. Like, we have won. But that's not the point. So it was, I believe it was 2013. And I, I was just a wee lad at this time, just a tyke sitting in my uh, living room doing homework for school. And the Patriots are playing Peyton Manning and the Broncos. They come to town and take a mean lead on us. I believe it was 21 nothing or 21 24. 24 nothing. Yeah, something I've seen. Tom Brady throws a pick at the end of the half to Dominique Rogers, Crow Marty, and I'm like, damn, like this is over. I was barely paying attention. And then, of course, the second half starts up, things start happening. And that was like the big game for me where I was like, Edelman is that guy. Like he was, the effort was stellar. He had a touchdown where he dives toward the end zone, gets it. Of course, Gronk did his thing, and everyone's contributing. We end up building back, tying it up. And the football gods, the irony is always there. There's always going to be one of those weird plays that you can look back on. You're like, that was ironic and that was funny. And the moment in that game was when Wes Welker fumbled the damn punt return that gave the Patriots possession, led to the game-winning field goal. We come back on Peyton Manning, the sweetest, sweetest revenge to the quarterback that probably every New England Patriots fan hates. Uh, it was just one of those sweet memories for me where it didn't hold a lot of weight. It was just like a week seven regular season game, but goddamn, I remember watching that. I've never been so enthralled with a football game like that. It was like one of the first times for me where I was really like homework down on the edge of my seat. And all of a sudden I'm like, all right, one touchdown, two touchdown. Oh my God, they're going to do it. Oh my God. Wes Walker fucked it up and the Patriots win. It was spectacular. Brought a damn tear to my eye. Oh, yeah. well, it was a Sunday night game. Yeah, it was incredible. It was, it was an incredible. It's an incredible game. They won an overtime and Belichick chose to kick to the Broncos, but he took the wind because he didn't think that Peyton Manning had the arm strength to lead the offense down the field and score in overtime. And he was, and he was right. Stones, the stone, like the brass stones that you could put in a freaking dump truck uh, on that guy. But that's, you know, one of the hallmarks of his greatness. Absolutely. And it's scary kicking to that Broncos team at the time too. They had Trendon holiday who was crushing it in the return game that year. Right. Overall, Bill always thinking levels ahead of everyone else. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Liam, throw in your socials real quick, and then you can skedaddle and we'll keep going. So I do not have a personal Twitter because I think Twitter is chaotic, and I just like going through it on my podcast. So Smartest man you in the room. Follow. <laughs> and I wouldn't say that, and I don't think anyone said that, but thank you. I appreciate nope. that. Can't confirm. Uh, my Celtics podcast is at the Rafters pod and my Patriots podcast with my co-host Mike Sullivan is tuck rule takes, throw us a like, rate, subscribe, follow on any of our episodes. Feel free to talk shit with us too. We're always looking to talk shit. You know how it is. I'm always looking to debate. So I'd love to see you guys on there. Right on dude. Awesome. LFG go Pats and uh, don't roll an ankle tonight. All right. No promises. <laughs> all right. See you Liam. All Later, right. 50. All right, Fitzy, we've been waiting. You've been waiting patiently. We appreciate it. Give us your overall Brady retiring best Brady memory. And I'm sure you can have, you have 5 million to pick from. So yeah, I mean, it to one. I, 
God, it's it's impossible to pick just any one, and it's not like you know being that you know mm-hmm. you know like uh, what's your favorite? Oh, I just I ha- it's impossible for me to say which of my Oscars is my favorite Oscar, darling. I mean, I've just had such a wonderful career. <laughs> just like all these cats, they're all so special, and I name all of my plants. Did you like? No, how does it's impossible? It is like it's impossible to count out Tom Brady, just as impossible as it is to say that you have any one special m- most favorite favorite Tom Brady memory. Liam's talking about that game. I can tell you where I was, the crew I watched with, how late I stayed up drinking uh, tequila after the game because I couldn't believe what I watched and I wanted to. That was one of those nights where like, and this is like the Tom Brady thing in general. Like I remember wanting to stay up all night long talking about that game, rewatching highlights and having beverages with my buddies. And we, we got after it almost like borrowing a lot of Monday to pay for Sunday night because it was just so unbelievable. And that's the thing about Tom Brady's career, Tom Brady on the Patriots and just any Tom Brady game. You never wanted it to end. Tom Brady is like the greatest first date. Tom Brady playing football is like the greatest buzz. Tom Brady is like watching your favorite movie for the first time, except you get to go to that favorite movie every Sunday for 20 seasons in a row. And then a lot of playoffs as a Patriots fan. I mean, think all the other comebacks like, okay, how about, uh, you know, the, the snowball where tuck rule takes comes from the tuck rule and F you McDaniels for telling Mark Davis that it was a fumble. Yeah, that are, was, the check, that was, the that check was is already slimy. good in Vegas, dude. Come on to see that right there, right there. Come on. Now he's starting to, you know, he's given me like the, the vapors of like douchey Josh from back in Denver in 2009, when he left to beat Belichick and gave that weird salute to the crowd. Come on, Josh, you don't have to cater to the new fans that much. They'll like you. If you actually get the best out of Derek Carr and win some games, knock off Mahomes and Herbert every now and again, uh, to the Super Bowl 36, Super Bowl 38, um, you know, clinching the dynasty 2002, the unbelievable comeback against the bears. Um, one of my, with a dime piece of a pass to Pat in the back of the end zone with like 10 seconds left an improbable, unbelievable comeback. The, the, uh, how about the Saints game, the Saints game, the 2013 Kembrell Tompkins. It might be my single favorite regular season game of all time, because lest we forget as diehard Boston sports super fans later that night, David Ortiz hits the greatest grand slam in divisional and ALCS history against the Tigers. So you had the Tompkins pass it by day. And then you have Poppy's grand slam later that night, easily the best non super bowl Boston sports Sunday of the 21st century. One of my favorite comebacks of all time, like, you know, coming back from 28 to three, it was doable for Brady because he came back 24, nothing in 2013 on Sunday night against the Broncos. Lest we forget, in the 2012 season, December of 2012, I was out in Chicago for work and we found this, uh, I think it was Mike Reese on his ESPN Boston sports blog had a list at the time of like all the, the Patriots friendly bars across the country. And we found a Pat's bar and I went and we watched with like 50, 60 other guys, random total randos, but everyone there loved the Patriots. And that's the night they lost on a Sunday night to Colin Kaepernick, Michael Crabtree and the 49ers, 38 to 31. They were down 31 to three and they came all the way back and tied it up late in the fourth quarter, 31 to 31. And I'll never forget the energy in that bar because only Tom Brady could take you from death row to the Playboy mansion, from the poorhouse to the penthouse in just a half an hour, an hour, or a quarter and a half's football time. And he did it so often and on such a regular and frequent basis that he constantly made you believe, you know, no lead was to be protected. No, no, uh, no deficit couldn't be overcome and no impossible couldn't be overturned. 
I mean, that's mm-hmm. why the football gods shined on him with the tuck rule. That's why 28 to three is the ultimate sports meet. I've taught my kids this. I keep telling my kids I made sure even though I was loath to root for Brady in Tampa, just because it's gross watching him in those, seeing him play in those mutant pewter and orange colors. Like, I get that gross pirate ship flag off your helmet. Tom Brady, you're a patriot for a life. God damn it. Hmm. But I had my oldest kid watch because I wanted him to see like, this is why this a spoiler alert. This is who your dad named you after. But B, like, this is why your dad always said, like, he's the greatest and why your dad spent so much time watching the Patriots and building both a passion and a profession around him. Because, like, there are a few other things I could have done in life with the skill set I have where I could have tapped into and ridden alongside witnessing and, and getting a chance to weave in and out of greatness that way. And my kid got a chance to watch Tom Brady's last game where he had a 27 to 3 deficit and erased it in just a quarter's time and almost came back to win. So Tom Brady gets to punch out doing Tom Brady things. I got to root for him one last time. And I got those Brady comeback feels again, which were really special. And I shared it with my oldest little dude. And it, it, and it's awesome. And like I said earlier, like I got, you know, I now have a part-time job working for the new England Patriots. Um, though I do work for WEI sports radio and have some other pursuits individually. And at times can be critical of the organization, but then again, you know, who among us isn't critical uh, as native mass holes and a South shore guy myself, like we're only critical of the things we love. Otherwise we wouldn't show that we care and get mad in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I've watched the Patriots and been a fan my whole life. I'll be buried in a Patriots Jersey, probably wrapped in a star Wars blanket, holding a double IPA in hand on my Viking ship to Valhalla when my good journey is done. Uh, but the fact that I was able to, that I'm able to work for my favorite team and, I was able to host the Super Bowl. My favorite Brady memory is, is when I was I was on the same stage with him, still didn't get a chance to shake his hand or talk to him, but I was able to host the rally before they went to the Super Bowl. And I was on stage and there's 40,000 people in Gillette Stadium. And I'm just looking out and I'm like, oh, my God, I know they're here for Hightower. I know they're here for Brady. I know they're here for a Gronk. They sure as shit ain't here for me. But I at least get to plug into this energy for a few minutes. And vicariously, I'm a part of this. And I got to make jokes with the crowd and, and get the people fired up and lead them in let's go Pat's chance. And then I went to Atlanta, uh, went to Atlanta, worked for the team, made videos all week, went, that's the one Super Bowl, one of two Super Bowls I went to. Then when I came home, the, my contact to the Pats was like, I'm putting you on a duck boat Tuesday, rise and shine, be at this spot downtown at 9 a.m. Tuesday. And then I was on a duck boat and there was 60 degrees on a Tuesday in February and people were chucking PBRs and Bud Lights at me and I was catching them and chugging them and spiking them. <laughs> Uh, and it was just, and I met Edelman and Trent Brown and holy shit, that guy blocks two things, people in the sun. Wow. Is that a yes. <laughs> yes, he does. He, he is Absolutely. a large individual. Oh my God. Yeah, and I just got to meet all these guys and they're like, Hey, you're that guy that does those videos. You're weird. And I was like, I know I am happy. Super Trent Bowl. Brown, go past. Trent Brown is a definition of what a walking human fridge would look like. Oh, that is exactly it. Literally it. is like, he's like, he makes refrigerator Perry. Honestly. Yeah like look like James White. I swear to God, he's just yep. so freaking huge, man. So Fitzy, so I have so I have a quick question for you. Try yeah. so and I know this is going to be a little difficult. Obviously, you're a Brady diehard like all of us were when he was here in New England. A L- little bit of a Brady stand. That's this is true. No, no lies detected in this post. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Fair enough. <laughs> do you think and, and I'm just curious on, on your opinion on this. Do you think that he should have retired after the Super Bowl last year? Go out on top. Now knowing that the Bucs didn't win the Super Bowl and they went out the way they went out against the Rams. Yes, if he wanted to cap it perfectly 
But at the same time, it would have gone against brand because Brady then like he proved his point in the first year. Granted, he did go to an underrated and truly kind of loaded roster that had a lot of guys that were all on our fantasy football teams in years past. They just didn't have the organization or quarterback who was so smart and was such a great leader and could make demand the best out of everyone else. They had somebody who threw more as many touchdowns as interceptions the previous year. So you can come in and throw for 4,500 or 5,000 yards in the Bruce Arians offense, but could you cut down? Could you flip the script and go two TDs or even three TDs to every one pick? And that's what he did. And look where they went. And that defense took over in the playoffs and they achieved greatness. And so he did prove his point. But when I say it goes against brand, it's because why not just go for eight? You know, like that's the whole thing until he just absolutely cannot any longer. Why not just keep trying to like, not just prove points. There's no more. There's nothing else for Tom Brady to prove in this lifetime. Nothing. There's like, literally there's nothing left for this man to demonstrate, prove or show anyone up on. But this is what he's built to do. He's a freaking terminator that just happens to be like, there's people that could throw football further and faster from different arm angles who are bigger and stronger and faster, but there's no one else. That's just like him. Who's as relentlessly committed to greatness, uh, in that unique capacity. And so that's what makes him special. And I, you know, I'm glad that's, I wish he didn't also too, because that means he would have only had one year in Tampa, which would have been a little easier to mentally mouthwash away. Now there's two, but uh, like I said earlier, like I'm, I'm not here for any of the mocks of like half Buccaneers, half Patriots uniform. You can, you can fuck all the way off with that. Absolutely. 20 to two, uh, kind of a big ratio. Yeah. Kind let, of a big let's, let's, And I mean, let, I mean, when you look at, when you look at Brady's retirement overall, like, it's not about retiring at a winning moment. Like that's how majority of these greatest of all times have done it. Like Mm -hmm. Kobe Bryant, when he retired last game that he played, the dude was sick as a puppy dude was dude dude was dying of of a freaking cold. He still went out, put up 60 points, sweat every little bit possible. No 83s in the process, but that's fine. (laughs) Knowing, knowing that the most they were going to go to, was probably the first leg round of those of those playoffs. Mm-hmm. That was probably the most that they were gonna go to, right? Right. Michael Jordan when he retired, same exact thing. Like majority of these greatest of all times, after what Fitzy just said, after they don't have anything else to prove, they 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 want to go in peace, man. They don't they don't want to be like, oh, I retire when I won my last trophy. Like, yeah, w- would it be cool? Yeah, it would be pretty damn cool but it's not you know it's not the most necessary thing of all time david ortiz didn't retire after winning a, a, a trophy no. you know so no he didn't he so actually retired you... after getting swept by the cleveland indians in the in the uh opening round of the 2016 playoffs exactly. and odds are diego you are going to probably lose your final game as well because Absolutely. either you either you don't make the playoffs which would really have burned brady's ass uh if that had happened or you win the super bowl so yeah uh, honestly, like, you know, uh, Ali could have probably punched out on top last year, but probably. this is what this is what Brady does. Uh, and I'm sure he has absolutely no regrets about, you know, continuing to show that, like, he could perform at a high level, unlike anyone else who had ever played the game. Uh, mm-hmm. And the one last thing I'll say I'll say about it is like, you know, Saturday, I was actually on the radio when it happened. So, like, I didn't break the news nationally or even regionally, yeah, yeah, but yeah. at least to, like in terms of like traditional media in Massachusetts or New England, like I may have been the first voice that told people Tom Brady was retiring and it didn't really turn out to be fake news. Now, there were the, the reports an hour and 20 minutes right. later that cut the retirement short, you know, so it was 
the, but the initial emotional outpouring was huge. And I remember going to a commercial break and like all of a sudden, like really getting emotional and getting worked up about it. And it's because not only has he meant so much to me, like I'm sitting here talking to you guys. I rode in that duck boat. I have the income that I have. I continue to have the jobs and pursuits I do thanks to his greatness and what he, mm -hmm. Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, and all of his teammates did over these 20 plus years. Uh, but like, that's it. Like, so when you, so Diego, when you bring up David Ortiz retiring, like I get very like first Poppy was my, is my second favorite Red Sox of all mm -hmm. time. Pedro's the best just because of the swag alone. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And the fact that yep. he, but when you point to who changed the culture in Boston, like Tom Brady did, of course, but yeah. the first one to commit and be like, no, 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 no. Enough of this loserville shit. Enough of this, like accepting being a stepping stone to other cities. Greatness is Pedro came in. All of a sudden, Fenway became a party in 1998. Yep. He was relevant. He was a talking point. We had somebody to get excited about again. He made Boston mm -hmm. hype. He made Boston relevant on the sports map and the Red Sox, especially again. And then slowly but surely more people come in and Paul Pierce starts turning it up. And then here comes exactly. Tom Brady and, you know, and then David Ortiz and later Kevin Garnett. And like now losing and being second fiddle is unacceptable. And I hope we never turn around because, damn it, do I love being insufferable. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, and, and, it was and sad, it was sad watching to, him go. That's it. That's it. You had to bring up Poppy getting swept like that. that brought no, a tear to no, my it's OK, yeah, Al. It's OK, because you know what? There's a beauty to it, because everything that has a beginning has an end. And, you yep. know, mm -hmm. what goes up must come down. And like, I remember like sitting at my like dining room table watching it. And I was typing up something that I was like working on something. And I watched him and he came out and he waved to the crowd. And I remember like I was like, oh, boy, it's getting dusty in here. And I, and I was like, I'm going to let it happen because you know what? This is OK. This is the end of not only getting to watch my favorite hitter in Sox history, one of my favorite athletes ever, like yep. 13, 14 years of relevance of awesomeness. They're gone. And there's something bittersweet and melancholy about that. But at the same time, there's something awesome. Like, guys, we get to live through that. I was mm -hmm. alive. I was alive for the best years of Pedro. I was yep. also alive for Larry Bird, a little younger at the time. But I was alive for David Ortiz and David Ortiz and Tom Brady at the same time. Do you realize how freaking lucky we were? We yeah. lived through, cheered on, and walked on the shoulders of the accomplishments of David Ortiz Absolutely. and Tom Brady in their prime. Holy and shit. Then, and then, and then we're going to get into an ad read real quick. And then Ortiz becomes a Hall of Famer, and then Brady retires same week. Uh, same exactly. week. Crazy. Exactly. And I mean, if you, if you want to tie it up even more New England-based, think of that movie Grown Ups towards the end. They're in their little summer camp playing their basketball game against, you know, their old foes and whatever. And what is the very last thing that, San that Adam Sandler does? He misses a, a paycheck. Shot. Well, well, that too. <laughs> yes. um, but he misses a shot, reminding us all that it's not always about knowing that you're going to win it and that it's not always about winning. It's about leaving a trail and a mentality behind for others to be inspired and letting others know what that actually tastes like. And that's exactly what what Brady and, and, and Ortiz have left behind, what so many of our of our legends here in Boston have left behind as well. Because it's not just, for me, it's not just Ortiz and, and, and Brady. It's also Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, uh, Zidane Ochara, sure. Thomas, all, all, the, all these other guys that, um, that have done so much here in New England to embrace a culture, a, a true winning culture, and a true inspirational culture as well as all these generations are coming across. Couldn't agree with you more, Diego. And uh, listen, I've been talking Brady and Patriots pretty much every day, all season long, and especially in overdrive the last couple of days since the retirement and beyond. But um, 
I didn't want to miss a chance to hop on with you guys. You were so nice to extend invitation mm -hmm. after invitation to me. And now's the, <laughs> now is the best, you know, before I had to file a restraining order, like now is the, now is the greatest and the best. Oh, time so, to that's do what, it so that's what, so that's what was in the mail. Okay. Got it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you actually touch your mail the first day. <gasps> I know it's shocking. I know uh, who gets mail. Um, I, I do. Uh, no, it was it was super fun, guys. And I'm glad yeah, like and I, and I salute, celebrate every opportunity to come on and talk pats. I love what you guys do. Thank uh, you. Keep hey, it listen, up. We're, and, we're uh, talking. We're talking Flores in a sec. If you want to stay on for a few extra. I got minutes, I got I got, I got I got to roll. I got a ton of stuff I got to do. I nah, you're ready, good, man. Ready for tomorrow. Fitzy, shout, shout out your socials. We'll definitely need to have you on again closer to Pat season. But shout out your socials and. Oh, hit, hit me up anytime. If, if I can, I'll hop on and kick it for a half hour. Uh, Wax and Pat's tastic. If you want to talk post free agency during the draft, the drafter math, one of my favorite times of year and beyond. Uh, let's, I'm let's on make w it happen. W E E I Friday, Saturday, Sundays. Uh, you can follow me across the socials on the TikTok, the Twitter, the Facebook and stuff at Fitzy GFY. Um, and it's been a, it's been a pleasure. What a, what a wild ride it's been. Uh, this was super fun dudes. Keep up the good work. God bless. Drink up. And as always, go Pats. Thanks, Fitzy. Thank Appreciate you. you. Later, guys. See you, Fitzy. See ya. So shout out to our now our good friend, because yeah. now he's going to be a good friend of ours. That was a wild time. That, it that was. was. That was so much fun. Lot, that was a lot to take in. It, <laughs> it was. Shout out to Nick Fitzy Stevens for jumping on the Legends Lingo podcast. Definitely got to have him on closer to uh, Patriots draft week, essentially when the NFL draft happens in April. Definitely would be a time. And he's, he's just a good time. He is who he is, and he doesn't apologize for it. So yep. we respect that, and that's what we like. We're going to take a break, though. And by take a break, I mean we just need to sit back, relax. Maybe we need a massage, and maybe we need that from our friends over at ExoGun. Because the Legends Lingo Podcast is also brought to you by our friends at ExoGun. Have you ever done a workout and feel like you need a massage right after? Well, get the massage without having to leave your house. Don't let pain and soreness slow you down. ExoGun revives muscle, boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. It's portable, adjustable, powerful, and ExoGun is trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in recovery experience, gain back control of your body, and achieve long-term pain relief with our friends at ExoGun. 10% off with the code CGS10 at checkout. Comes with a charger and a carrying case. Get your ExoGun today and treat yourself to massage at a moment's notice. All right, final topic. We were going to talk Celtics, but... I want Liam to be on next week to kind of, to kind of talk about that, especially as it gets closer to the trade deadline. The trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th. So as it gets closer, we'll probably have some more news and some more rumors. So we'll save that for next week. Brian Flores. What a, what a situation that is. So Brian yeah. Flores, former defensive coordinator of the Patriots, former head coach of the Miami Dolphins, uh, suing the NFL and suing three particular teams. And correct me if I'm wrong. It's the Miami Dolphins. New York Giants, and then who's the third team? Denver. Denver, thank you. Denver Broncos. Thank you, Maddie. That's why we bring you on, Maddie. You're our stats guy. That, that. <laughs> Maddie, the stats man. But anyways. Oh, that's right. Okay, I remember it now. So here's basically the gist of it. Brian Flores is claiming that Dolphins owner Stephen Ross came out and said, we'll give you an incentive to start losing games. You lose games, we'll give you $100,000 for each loss. With the Giants... Flores felt like he didn't get a fair shot in the interview process for head coach. And it's funny because all of this ties in because Bill Belichick supposedly texted Brian Flores and was saying congratulations, but it was supposed to go to Brian Dabble, the former Bills offensive coordinator who got the Giants job. So I don't know how that happens, but that's kind of hilarious. Yep. And then the Denver situation, apparently 
Brian Flores interviewed for the Denver job and John Elway just showed up hungover, disinterested, whatever else. So, so I just have a few quick comments on it. First of all, shout out to Brian Flores for standing up for what he believes. And he came out and flat out said, this could affect me coaching in the future, but I want change. And that's something that I really value. So credit to him. That's awesome for standing up for what he believes in. And he should. The second thing is if you're the dolphins GM, like you should be banned. If this is, if this ends up being true, which I think it's going to be, you should be banned for life. I don't care. Oh, yeah. it, it, it's like, the, it reminds me of the Philadelphia 76ers in the NBA tanking for better players and then getting, you know, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and everything else. Like, you're not trying to tank. You're trying to win. And the Dolphins had the roster to win. Oh, yeah. And they proved it in 2020 and 2021 after that seven-game lose streak in 2021. But anyways, like Brian Flores should be a head coach. There's no doubt about it. Somewhere he should be a head coach. So the fact that he's not now, kind of suspect. Not going to lie. But anyways, that's just what I think. Maddie, I want to I want to kick it to you first. Just overall thoughts on the Brian Flores situation. Is it surprising? You know, just overall thoughts. I mean, good for good for Flores in this situation to um, stand up for what he you know what he thinks is right. I agree with what you said there, Al. Um, it's more than obvious that there is an issue in the NFL when it comes to. I guess, minority head coaches, how many there are in the league. There's currently one. It's Mike Tomlin with the Steelers. And the rule, the Rooney rule, it's, it needs to be tweaked a little bit. I think I need, you know, you can't just have just one anymore. You get, and I'm not saying that like, you know, oh, they should just bump it up to two. How about have some common sense and just be like, oh, regardless of what this guy or this woman looks like, we should hire them if they're the best person for this job. We shouldn't just be hiring someone based off of their color or anything like that, which I'm not saying that that's a common theme in the NFL, but easily could be looked at like that. Even when you look at the GMs in the in the NFL, I don't, I think there's, I think there's one and it's the one in Miami, but I'm not too sure. I don't, I don't know all the GMs in the NFL. It might be a few more than that, but same with the owners too. I'm pretty sure the only female owner I think is, the Lions one. So there's clearly a glaring issue in the NFL when it comes to having my, you know, non-white people be in charge in the NFL. And if this all comes out to be true with what happened to Brian Flores, which I fully believe it, um, shame on the NFL, shame on the three teams. And in my opinion, Elway, gone. Everyone who was involved in Denver, gone. Uh, Miami, whoever was involved in that, gone. The Giants, rough start for that GM right there. Yep. And I get it. He wanted, he maybe wanted to hire a Buffalo guy, but don't have a premeditated, premeditated mind when you're hiring a head coach, especially where Brian Flores, as I think the four of us can, four of us can agree here, shouldn't have even been fired from Miami in no. the first place. He, no, and he was, should, he should have had a job by now. He should have had a job by now. And if he doesn't get one, I, I mean, regardless, I support Brian Flores, but if he doesn't get one, not a good luck. And NFL, just shame on them. Yeah, absolutely. Powder, go ahead. Yeah, kind of what I was about to say is like, 
even when he got fired from the Dolphins, yeah, they had the seven-game losing streak, but then they had seven-game win streak, and they're like a game away from making the playoffs. And in the couple seasons he was a Dolphins head coach, they were very competitive, very close to making playoffs every year. Um, he, I, I kind of didn't understand when he was fired, why he was fired, but it's the NFL. Who knows? Um, it's all about results and what you did for me lately. And he, but him not getting a job was shocking. I thought he would be the first coach hired because. You look at his resume with the Patriots and then as a defensive coordinator and then with the Dolphins, they were, like I said, very competitive, very good, and almost a playoff team every season he was there. So for just mistakes all around, and if you're actually paying a coach to lose, that's just ridiculous. I don't care if you think that's how you're going to become a better team. I think the way to become a better team is to win and attract players. That's why um, the Patriots were so attractive for so many people for so long. They knew you go to Patriots, you're going to win. So if you start winning culture there, you're going to attract more players. So I don't get why they got rid of him in Miami, and I don't get why no one wanted to hire him. I don't get it either. It, it's a sham. It really is. All right, Diego. Final thoughts on Brian Flores, and then we'll kind of wrap it up for the night. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you know, much as uh, much as both Matt and uh, and Powder have said here, it's it's a real shame. Um, there's a lot of aspects still to be changed in the game because the game is far from perfect. Um, you know, all this time for the past, I don't even know for the past five six years now, they the NFL has made a focus. Extreme, an extreme front and center focus in regards of equality and no time for racism. It's on the, it's it's on the gridiron in itself. It's on both ends of the of the gridiron. Whenever the NFL is on season, and uh, when you look at the aerial shot, that's one of the very first words that that are displayed um, whenever a broadcast is on. But still, the message the message seems very contradictive, very in a way kind of condescending and just altogether just as a, as a publicity stunt more than ever. Um, there, there's a lot of changes that need to be made to the NFL. Um, I agree with Matt. I think the, the Rooney rule has got to be overlooked and, uh, and revised because there's a lot of loopholes to be, uh, to be taken advantage of as well as to, um, to further explore. But, um, in regards to what Brian, Brian Flores is doing right now, it, it makes perfect sense. And it, it's a spotlight that um, while not a lot of people are willing to put it on, on the NFL, um, there's only a few of them that will risk it for the benefit of making sure that that voice is being heard. Um, at the time before, you know, Colin Kaepernick put a spotlight on what was going on in, in terms of social injustice at the time in, in, in the U.S. Nobody, no other athlete wanted to put a spotlight on that. Colin Kaepernick sacrificed his, uh, his um, football career over making sure that social injustice was heard. And now social injustice is a big part of what the NFL is trying to work on. Um, and the time of an age, Brian Flores is now making sure that equality is one of those things that it's being worked on. And I agree with, with the aspect. Um, I think, you know, the unfortunate part of Bill Belichick being front and center in that is just, it's such a natural mistake to happen. Um, for all we know, you know, 
Bill Belichick is so basic in itself that for all, for all we know that in his phone, he could have just saved Brian Flores and Brian Dabble's uh, content, uh, uh, contacts as Brian. You know, and he's just like, oh, is this the right Brian or is this the other Brian? You know, so for all we know, that could have been what was saved at. Uh, I don't think it, it was meant as any harm or anything like that. I do agree with uh, with Flores, though, that a lot of these a lot of these NFL teams, what they're doing is just saying that they're uh, that that they're scheduling an interview with a person of um, of a minority segment just to say and just to have it there as a cover. But in some cases, it might not even be happening. Um, you know, when, when, when you look at the actual talent that there is for African-American head coaches still available. Um, you know, you look at Eric Benami, you look in uh, Byron Leftwich, you, you look at Brian Flores himself. And in fact, minority head coaches right now in the NFL, there's only two. That's Robert Sally of the New York Jets, and that's Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, there's still not enough being done by the NFL. There's still not a lot being taken serious by the NFL. And I think this lawsuit brings that front and center. I think it's a necessary evil. Uh, it's unfortunate that it's happened in 2022 when society, we should be better than that. Um, but you know, I, for Flores to, to basically do the same thing as Colin Kaepernick and basically sacrifice a phenomenal career that he could be having as a head coach here. There's gotta be that there's a lot here in the line that he knows that is in his favor uh, and that he's willing to risk to ensure that all is put on the line. All is, all is said and nothing is left behind. Um, You know, from somebody that unfortunately dealt with um, what racism looks like, I, you know, I couldn't support something more um, than this just because I, I lived it personally. Um, do I think in, in essence, the, what is currently left as evidence leading up to this, uh, to this lawsuit, does it sound petty in a way? It kind of does in a way, but it also is because it's being portrayed as petty by the media that is reporting it. Nobody is, nobody, there's not an independent media, um, outlet reporting both sides of the coin showing what really is there in the lawsuit. Um, you know, what the, what the plaintiff is putting up and what the defendant is putting up as a defense. So there's not, there's not a clear and concise um, story being told an independent story told um, here in this lawsuit. It's just a, a bunch of just media outlets, just portraying it as they see it rather than what it's being laid out as. Um, but again, I, I, I really think it's a necessary evil. Um, we we need we need more diversity in this day and age. Um, diversity is a key aspect as to why uh, you know when when people say America is the greatest country in the world, diversity has got to be part of that. Um, there's not a successful union of a country without without diversity. That's what I would say. Very well said, Mr. Galvis. Very well said. And I think we're just going to wrap it up there. I don't think anything else needs to be mm-hmm. said. I think you worded it perfectly. We're going to wrap it up Thank there. You. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Tom Brady officially retired. Brian Flores hopefully going to help make a change in the NFL and get some more minorities in there for head coaches because they deserve it. They have their resume to do it. 
As always, make sure to check out the Legends Lingo podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, and everywhere else in between. Give us a rate. Give us a subscribe. Tell us what we're good at. Tell us what we absolutely stink at. Shout out again to all everybody that was on the show tonight. Diego, Maddie B, Liam, Nick Fitzy Stevens, gracing, gracing us with his presence. Shout out to Fitzy again. Make sure to follow everything on couchguysports.com. Uh, everything. Shout out to our sponsors, uh, Exogun. Shocked Energy, A&B Kitchen and Bar. We'll just do a quick little shout-out. Yep. Shout-out to A&B Kitchen and Bar. You need to try that place out. Like, best yes. burger. I've, best One of the best burgers I've had probably in forever. I'm not one of those guys that likes to go sit at a bar and, and, and have a burger, but, like, this is a place that you actually need to go sit and yeah. have a burger there because the atmosphere and the essence of that place is just fantastic. That's all I want Absolutely. No, you're it's spot on because if you want to watch a game, if you want that good environment, go check it out. A couple locations yep. in Beverly and Boston. They have great meals, uh, Andoy sausage, chicken pot pie, you name it. The locally crafted beer from local breweries. So they, they have it all. So shout out to mm-hmm. AB Kitchen Bar. And that's pretty much it. Again, couchguysports.com. Check out everything. Diego writes on it. Maddie writes on it. Powder, I'm still waiting for that first blog, but he's yeah. going to write on it at, at some point. I write on it and we do a bunch of different stuff. So shout out to everybody at couch guys Sports. shout out to all the women in sports. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening to episode 158. We'll see you next week for episode 159. Take care, everybody. Yes, sir.